right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And we're back. I'm so excited to um, join the beautiful ladies again. Welcome to the Kingdom Conversations podcast, the women's edition. And we are just so excited that the guys finally let us, you know, have a little time to share with you guys um, on some things that are definitely impacting us and impacting many, many, many others. Um, I am Alicia Halliburton, one of your co-hosts, and I'm here with two other beautiful co-hosts, and I'll let them introduce themselves. I am Crystal Fulton, and, and I'm Tori Anderson. All right, all right. Well, moving right along. So today, I am so excited to talk about this, because I know that we are all mommies, and the topic that we want to jump into is parenting and more important than that kingdom parenting um you know of course everything that we talk about we have to put it in that framework and to me it's one of the most important things that we can talk about learn about um because as we know you know the kingdom mandate we are here to uh to dominate in the earth and to reproduce and to replicate the kingdom message um, in others. And so the primary way that we do that is through our family. You know, I know that there are a lot of people who, um, who once they get a hold of, um, for lack of a better word, religion or spirituality or whatever, they feel like maybe the, the pinnacle is becoming a pastor or, you know, having a church and, um, ministering to people in that way. When in reality, the most success, the 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 most success that you can have in the eyes of the father first starts with that foundation, and that's in the family. And so, if that's out of order, then you're out of order, and that's not what we want. So, um, I know personally, I have um, been, you know, really seeking the father in this area because, you know, I'm a relatively, definitely new parent. Um, and so maybe we should just start there, like maybe tell us um, a little bit about where you are in your parenting journey. And let's start with Tori. Okay, so I am, I guess, in the same bounds of a new parent. I have a three going on 25 year old. <laughs> I have a eight month old, about to be nine. Um, one, my oldest is a girl and my youngest is a boy. And um, I am a, well, I guess they say full-time stay-at-home mom with my kids, so that's definitely affected my parenting. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Hmm. So much we can even say about that, but okay, let's uh, move to you, Crystal. I am, I have a, I have twins that are two years old, a boy and a girl, and um, I work part-time, and that definitely, you know, affects my parenting as well in a different way so mm, okay and i also have a two-year-old uh what do they call them? A, a tweenager <laughs> going through the what i call the terrific two stage because i'm not speaking no terrible nothing over my child but definitely it has been interesting seeing his his uh personality develop and his will and then I also have a new, new baby, um, Anaya, who is three months, getting ready to be four months. So, whew, it's a lot. And as, as the ladies have said, and that has definitely impacted my parenting. <laughs> <laughs> so, go yeah, ahead. I'm not on the uh, terrible twos, but I will say three 
is its own journey because when Ooh. they have words and they know how to express themselves, mm. that's a whole nother <laughs> like a whole nother prayer, I feel. So yeah, just be prepared. Mm. It's still fun though. It's still fun. <laughs> I call it the terrific tubes. <laughs> Say that again. I call it the terrific tubes. Oh, okay. terrible tubes, because like you said, I'm not gonna speak that. Right. There's a lot of terrificness, though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, a lot of that. But I'm just excited, even from the perspective, like, that we're all kind of in the same um, stage, you know, dealing with really, really young children, you know, really um, new families and, and kind of going into that stage. So, you know, that's where our perspective is coming from. Like, we're still learning and growing. But at the same time, you know, because we... Um, have we're we're more mature and, and maturing in the word that that helps and that definitely you know kind of pushes us in a place to where I believe we're able to share um and in hopes that it'll help somebody else so so what we want to start with I don't know I think we should really start with that because Tori was like you know I'm in a I'm in a um a place that this is impacting my parenting and this is impacting and you know people saying that too so I want to know from you guys, how do you feel like your upbringing um, impacts your parenting? And like, what are some things that you have kept, you've changed along the way, that sort of thing? Crystal, you want to start? Yeah, I can start. Um, as for me, like I grew up with my mom and my stepdad, my biological father. He passed when I was 13. So I'll, I'll get into that later. But um, with my my mom and my stepdad, um, we had togetherness in our family. And I mentioned this in the podcast with the marriage, the marriage council, the, the marriage um, session. And we had my mom and my stepdad and there was togetherness. We did things together as a family, but there was still kind of division because it was always my mom and us as far as discipline teaching and then my dad and his kids. But um, so with that, I understood like being a parent now, I understood how my mom can go into a marriage with that mindset that, you know, these are my kids. I've been used to raising them. I've been used to being the one to discipline them. I've been used to one teaching them and having a hard time letting go of that and letting my dad, my stepdad take that role of the father. So I kind of understand it, even it's out of order, you know, it's definitely um, something that doesn't need to be in a kingdom family, but I, I, I get it, you know, I get why that was hard for her. Um, so that's something that I, I grew up with that I personally wouldn't keep, but the, con the togetherness, I would definitely keep. Um, we did all kinds of stuff together and I just look back and I love the memories that we had. We went vacations. We had family picnics, um, went to family reunions. Um, my mom's from Guyana, South America. So in Guyana, they don't do reunions. We, you know, they don't really know too much about that. Well, at least she doesn't teach me any of that as far as on our, um, our side, my mom's side. But my stepdad's side of the family had family reunions that we would go to, and it was just so much fun. And so that togetherness, I would definitely keep. I really want that for my family. Um, another thing my mom taught me passively just by influence is that how to honor my father, my biological father, 
how she did that was she wasn't the type of parent that talked bad about my dad, even though she had some really hard times with him. Like he did a lot and she had every fleshly right to talk about, you know, hey, he did this, he did that, you know, but she didn't do that. So passively, like that really influenced me to be able to honor him because when a mother does that, that like bashing of a father, like, oh, your daddy did this, your daddy did that, you know, he didn't, he didn't do this, he didn't do that. Um, it really, it hurts the child, but it also teaches them that it's okay to talk bad about my dad, but they have that inner wanting to be with their father, but yet they talk bad about their father because mom did it. And so I didn't, when growing up, I didn't do that with my um, dad. I didn't talk bad about him. But when she saw that I was old enough to know what was going on, like to understand what happened and she shared with me what happened, I was able to see his brokenness as opposed to hating him, if that yeah. makes sense. So um, that's one thing that I would want to keep in my family is, you know, honor the father, you know, honor your father. Always on you talk good about your father, and for me not to talk bad about my husband to my kids, you know, not to you know, it's just yeah, you just don't do it. Oh, Crystal, you are dropping some bombs over there. I'm like, I'm like trying to write notes and stuff because you know, so many things that you said really resonated with me. Um, you know, one of the things that stuck out how you were saying, like, you know, your mom kind of stepping in that role as the source. Um, and how, you know, that was something that you've now been able to identify like, oh, you know, that wasn't quite um, on target as it relates to a kingdom family, but she did the best that she could with the knowledge that she had. Mm -hmm. And also, I would say a huge one that you were talking about was just the principle of honoring your parents and how even though, you know, your mom could have said negative things that she didn't and how you learned through influence, that's another word that I want to come back to, but that, you know, that's something that you need to instill in your children. And I appreciate you for saying that because that's definitely something that I've also had to um, work on and make sure that I'm leading by example in that area. Um, Tori, what about you? Question, and you can let me know, Alicia, if we should answer after it. But I guess you and Crystal can both answer, but I know, Alicia, you grew up in a blended family. So I guess my question to you and Crystal both is how old were y'all when your families blended and how do you think that like, um, I guess it is in line with what you, of, of the question of what you took with you. Like, do you think that being younger, it affected you differently versus if, you know, you would have been a little bit older when um, the families blended. So if you want, I can go ahead and answer or we can discuss that too. So just let me know. Sure, I have no problem like answering that question because, um, you know, it is a, a big part of who I am and also the journey that I've come to be on in order to grow past some things. So for me, um, my parents, let me see, you said how, how old was I when we blended? So that was nine. I was nine when, yeah, when I become a part of a blend family. So I went from having one brother to having three other siblings, and then my parents had two more together. So it was two, so it was nine of us in the house. So that was a huge, like, uh, change in a really short period of time that definitely took some adjusting. Um, and I think 
to go back to Crystal, what you were saying, that part about like um, how your mom kind of, she took care of her kids and your dad, you know, took care of his kids. That wasn't my experience. It was like, we are one big family. Ain't no step, nothing. Um, you know, we, we all, you know, got beat by each other's parents and so on and so forth. Like there was none of that. Um, but I think that, you know, where we do relate like that perspective as far as, um, so, so my dad, even though he was still in my life, he didn't have an active parenting role, um, in my life. And I think that that's one of the things, like, as I've gotten older, that I've learned a lot about that because, um, I think that because he wasn't in, he wasn't born again. And so because he wasn't born again, you know, I think my parents, they really wanted to make sure that um, kingdom principles were instilled in me. But I guess as a result of that, it did impact my view of him. Like I almost felt like he's bad. Like I can't accept his uh, knowledge and wisdom because he's not saved. Bert, and, and so for me being that young, I really had to learn that no matter what he does, no matter who he is, no matter what he believes, I still have to honor him because the scripture doesn't say honor your parents if they do this, honor your parents if they do that. Like that principle still applies. And um, as soon as I was able to understand that, you know, I had to fix some things um, because, you know, I really felt like or I really thought that because he wasn't saved that that meant I could dishonor him. And that was just completely completely off base. Um, so that's one of the things that I've learned and how, I guess, that age um, impacted me. What about you, Crystal? I was six when um, my parents got married, when my stepdad and my uh, mom got married. Um, as for me, like, when they got married, um, I actually thought my stepdad was my dad because I didn't know my dad. So I always, like, had that hope. Like, I was like, oh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's really sad, but um, whoever, whatever guy, like, spoke into my life, I always questioned, like, an uncle or um, mostly uncles that, like, came into our home. Um, I would question, like, is he my dad? Is he my dad? So when my mom married my stepdad, I was like, okay, this is my dad. And um, it wasn't until I got older that teenage rebellious state that I came into the knowledge of, okay, this isn't my daddy. And um, so because he wasn't really involved, um, that's when it was just like, this is not my dad. So I didn't really look at, look to him as a father, but I wasn't like totally disrespectful towards him because of how my mom was, you know, she just didn't raise us that way, but I didn't, um, see him as a father if that makes sense that makes me because you know of course thinking about the teaching that we've gotten about the role of a father and how you know when a father is absent what sorts of things you may see and um you know i know what is that scripture um essentially that scripture that talks about um we know that it's like a father without vision where or how does it go that the people perish? Come on, y'all, help me out. Like a vision of like a million. Yeah, so essentially, like when the father is absent, there's destruction in the family. And also it really impacts, you know, your self-concept. And, you know, and so I think for me, 
it makes me wonder, um, you know, now that you're married, how that kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, how that kind of maybe has impacted you and I guess your perception of Octavian as a father with that absence being there. Do you feel like it had an impact or? Oh, well, I'm gonna come back to your question, but I wanna say this. My perception of my stepdad as not being a father, the bigger part of that is that it it affected how I responded to Elohim. Mm -hmm. I I didn't, and this is this is hard for when I was a believer or a Christian. It was hard for me to say this once it once I became came into the knowledge of it. Is I didn't because of a lack of a father. I didn't trust men. So. Um, cause I always thought, okay, well, they're just not going to be there. Or I had a, like, I had a father that wasn't present. He was present, but wasn't present. And then I had a father that was absent. So, um, my perception of a father was just like, they're not going to be present. So it really changed how I, it really molded how I saw Elohim. It was hard for me to fully trust him as the father, because, you know, you say Elohim's the father. So I was a believer who didn't trust the father, you know, and my reasoning was, hey, fathers can't be trusted. And um, I don't know too many believers who would actually say that, like, you know, I'm a believer, but I don't trust the father. And so once I came into the knowledge of the role of the father, and that was even before I got married. Um, I realized that my heavenly father and my earthly father are not one in the same. It's um, just because my dad was absent or just because my stepdad was present and absent um, doesn't mean that the father, you know, my heavenly father is going to be absent or he's not trustworthy, you know. Yes. Um, it was out of their lack of knowledge or lack of understanding, their own lack of understanding and their own lack of knowledge. It wasn't that they were reflecting the father. They just didn't know how to reflect the father. So um, so in that, um, being married, of course, yeah, you know, it affects how you look at your husband because it's like he's supposed to be a, reflect a reflection of the father. I came into it like under like knowing what a father was, you know, coming into it under kingdom knowledge. Um, I didn't have that same perception, but there were still things that needed to be changed. There were still things that needed to be uprooted. There was still that religious mindset that needed to be uprooted that um, he is the leader. You know, not only did I have to realize that he can be trusted, um, I had to realize that he's the leader. You know, I had to realize that, you know, um, I'm not, I, I don't need to operate in this single parent mindset that was kind of, that my mom kind of paved the way of that, you know, he needs to take on the role of the father as Elohim, like as he, you know, speaks to or is led by Elohim. So, yeah. No, that's good. I and mean, we, we're going all off base, but I feel like it's exactly what it needs to be. And it really still relates, definitely. And so that brings me to, and Tori, I'm going to start with you. Like, how do you feel that, and I guess we really can tie those two together. 
So then thinking about your upbringing and just all different factors, how has parenting impacted your marriage? Oh, so my parents divorced when I was eight. And my mom lived in Memphis. We lived around the area until I was about nine. But I lived with my dad. And um, my, if you know my dad, he was a huge disciplinarian, like very authoritative, like I'm going to whoop you first and ask questions later type thing. But what's funny is as I look back, I see my dad make a transition during while he was parenting me. So when we were younger, it was very much, I'm going to beat you, I'm going to ask questions later. Versus when we got older, where he started to have more conversations with us and just um, trying to figure out what was going on with us. Because, and I actually forgot about this, but I remember my dad, he told me, you changed when your mom left. And so he started having more conversations with me. And, and I bring that up because like you, Crystal, how you mentioned that you didn't trust men, I didn't trust women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had, my dad had two sisters, so, you know, he asked them to be a part of my lives and me and my sister at this time to help him raise us. So I spent a lot of time with my grandma. I spent a lot of time with one of my aunts until she passed and she was really active in my life. And then I had another aunt who all of a sudden she just like, we were close and all of a sudden she just was not there. And so I grew up just not like, okay, I just didn't trust women. Like, a man could say something to me, and I'm like, okay, like, I didn't think anything of it. Like, I just didn't have this uh, frustration or this hate towards men. Like, I get because I had such a good dad, just a strong, you know, source, I guess I should say. Um, so that, uh, in a nutshell, when I got married, I wanted my husband to leave. I wanted my husband to be that source because that's what I grew up seeing. Um, so, yeah, it was just that. When I also realized that I was married before I realized that I didn't trust women. Because it's so funny, um, you know, Alicia, with your mom, like, especially when I was pregnant with Dorora, you know, she was reaching out and, you know, just asking me questions and stuff like that. And I'm like, why she care so much? Like, you know, leave me alone. But I also just feel like with that growing up without my mom, and not that she wasn't completely there, she, she just moved to another state. So she was kind of in and out. And I just really... To be honest, I didn't care what she had to say because I'm like, you left when I was like 10. You don't know anything about me. Like you, how can you help me? And, you know, my dad, always, he was always there. So, I, you know, that was solid. That wasn't changing. I trusted that. And so, like I said, when I, uh, uh, your mom, Alicia, like she was just reaching out and I'm like, you know, I've just, with women, we're just so nourishing and, you know, we reach out, we communicators, we check on our children and things like that. So my dad did that, but he didn't do it like a woman would, mm-hmm. you know, like he would make sure I was okay. And that was it because that's just the nature of a man. And so when your mom was doing it, it was just like, oh, uh, like I'm good. But so long I've been used to just, I guess, handling stuff independently. So I had the independent woman mindset and not even realizing that, you know, I had it until, you know, we came under the ministry and we're learning the roles of a woman and we're learning, you know, how children act when a woman is not involved. And I'm like, oh, I'm unstable. I was really emotionally unstable. Like I was, I want to say crazy, but I just had, um, I would just go with the wind. Like I was really, I operated out of my emotions. How I felt was how I was going to act that day. And so, um, 
that affected my marriage and how I, um, with my kids, because I realized like, I wasn't that nourishing. Like how a lot of women say when they have their babies, oh, they instantly fall in love. Yeah, I didn't have that with Dora. Like it came later. It came just like as I transitioned into their role, but I had to change a lot of things. I was trying to parent her, parent her like I was a man. And so coming into that knowledge, like, no, you're, you're a woman, you have a different role. And it was, it's so funny. It was like, I was fighting those natural tendencies that women have because I was so used to my upbringing of used to my dad, you know, he took care of us. We had everything we needed, but that just that nourishing factor, I had to change and do that for my children. So, yeah. Ooh. That was that was a lot. Thank you so much for sharing that, Tori. Um, and both of you, you know, I think it's just really making me reflect on my own upbringing and how much that stuff does impact us. And if we don't deal with it, you know, that's what the enemy wants. He wants us to stay in those places, you know, of brokenness, pass on generational curses. You know, he, that's what he wants. But the father has a different plan. And I'm just so thankful for the, the wisdom and the knowledge that, you know, we're getting, we're receiving, that you guys are applying. And as a result of that, just like Crystal, you were talking about how even though, you know, your dad wasn't uh, fully there, but your connection with the Heavenly Father bridged the gap. And that truly is what is making the difference in my life. And I can clearly see that, you know, in you all's life as well. Um, and so I guess I'm wondering, like, what principles, what kingdom principles have really helped you um, to kind of break out of some of that? And we're, which really you've pretty much been talking about it, but to break out some of that and also like, and think practically like how you're applying it to how you parent your kids. One thing, you know, I'm, I'm still learning so much from my parents. Like I still, uh, even though it's different, um, just how you mentioned the principle of honoring Crystal, how your mom taught you that. And looking back, my dad taught me that too. Like he, I remember he told me, I don't care how mad you are at your mama, you ain't going to disrespect her. And I got several whoopings for that. I would be mm -hmm. honest. But really just recently, probably about two months ago, my dad bought my grandma a car. And I was like, wow, like you're 50 years old and you're still honoring your parents. And so to, to bring that back around, like when I saw that, I was like, okay, I need to be more mindful of teaching my children. Okay, this is, you don't honor mommy and daddy or you don't love mommy and daddy because we're your mommy and daddy. You do it because it's the kingdom principle. You honor them because that scripture teaches us to do that. So I've noticed that instead of just telling Doror, okay, well, don't be disrespectful or, you know, don't say this to daddy. Like I'm trying to teach her from a scripture point that it's, it's a matter of honoring that daddy is, a, I know I told her one day, I was like, we honor daddy, daddy's the source. She was like, daddy's not the source. And I was like, okay, so that's it. But, <laughs> so yeah, it was just that, um, like you, like this stuck with me as a child. I Like I specifically remember that conversation with my dad. And so, it, and it was even like I fought the honoring my mom when I got older. Like when I was an adult, and like not under my dad, I should say. Um, but yeah, that's like the principle, one principle that I instill in my child. That I use, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. What about you, Crystal? Um, my biggest, um, you're saying my biggest impact or the biggest challenge? 
So now we're talking about just like what, so thinking about your upbringing and those things, what principles are you applying now um, to kind of break some of that stuff that we were just talking about? What kingdom principles are you applying? Oh, um, for me, uh, one of the things that um, Elohim said to me one day when I was actually with my children and um, I was about to actually discipline them was Yeshua, when he walked on this earth, he didn't react to people. He responded to people. And so it's important that we don't just quickly react. We respond. And um, that really impacted me because having two years, two year olds, you know, they do stuff quick and we want to quickly react, <laughs> but it's, we are really supposed to respond the way Yeshua respond. Like he had people saying all kinds of stuff, doing all kinds of stuff, but he didn't react. He didn't act out of emotion. He didn't act out of just straight anger other than, you know, what we saw about when they were in the um, temple, um, misusing the temple. Um, he acted out in anger, but it wasn't uncontrolled. And so that was the, I would say, a principle that was spoken directly to me is we, you know, as kingdom citizens or as a kingdom citizen, as a mother, you don't just react, you respond, respond to your children. Um, if they do something, you don't necessarily just have to just be like, oh, stop, you know, and start yelling at them or anything like that. It's just respond to them. Um, one of the conversations that myself and Tori had, um, she had mentioned that um, she doesn't just often yell at um, Dora, that, you know, sometimes she was taught to just kind of sometimes whisper. And that really spoke to me, Tori, when you said that, because I'm like, that actually lines up with what Elohim laid on my heart is, you know, you, you, you respond to them. And, um, you know, growing up, especially being Black, um, <laughs> you just, you, you know, like your parents just whooped you right off the bat, you know, just, it was just, there was no <laughs> responding. It was reacting. So coming into the knowledge of the kingdom and allowing the Holy Spirit to really speak to me on how to respond to my children, I realized that, you know, it doesn't always take, you know, just always a whooping or something like that. Sometimes it takes a whisper you know so yeah that's that's ooh, that's good respond not react that's what i need in my notes for today um and it, it really reminded me too of something that you know the holy spirit has really been developing me in as well and when you said that what i thought about was integrity and how you know we've learned about holiness that holiness is not about you know wearing a long skirt and you know how people have a, a, a strong misconception about holiness but really it's you know the scripture says be holy for i am holy it's you know our character it's uh being integrated being uh, consistent you know through and through you know and just mimicking the father and his image and you know i definitely am guilty when it comes to my children, like, like just how you were talking about that quick reaction, you know, when they do something and it's just like, you know, as, as quick as they do it, you want to um, deal with it, especially Judah, because Lord knows, you know, men. And, and um, Tori, you also said something 
that stuck with me when you were talking about Dorora and how the Holy Spirit one time told you, like, you're beating out of her what I put in her. And and for me, um, you know, Judah is very strong willed. And then I thought about I, then I thought about it, I was like, what does that mean? Like we all have a will. <laughs> You know, so I don't feel like he's unique in that way. Like we all have to learn how to conform our will and and those sorts of things. And the biggest way as a parent to do that is through influence. And that's what I'm learning to apply is like it really isn't always about, you know, just quickly, you know, that whooping or whatever, you know, and and which we're going to that's going to segue right into our next um, topic about discipline, discipline. Um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So I know, and it, and it does align with discipline, but I, uh, I know, Crystal, you mentioned about the reacting. And I think me and you may have talked about it, but I know one day I was actually, because I'm very guilty, I used to carry around a whooping with me. Dora called it, Mommy said, Stop. And I would just, like, I would just whoop it, like, right then and there. Because I grew up in, okay, if you're doing something wrong, you need to stop this right now. Which, in some cases, is applicable. But not in every single case. And so, I was just really, just praying, asking Holy Spirit, deal with me. Like, how do I teach my children? And so, I went from whooping for everything to not whooping to trying to explain every single thing. And it was just two extremes and it wasn't working. And I remember it very clear. I was explaining something to Dora one day. And I heard the Holy Spirit say that if you explain everything to her, she's going to explain, expect me to explain everything to her. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. And the reason why I'm sharing, Alicia, because it goes back to what you were talking about with the influence. Because I think about the story quite a bit. Um, um, oh, y'all, I can't get his name right now, but he was taking his son up to sacrifice him. And, you know, just that relationship that that father and son had, that he trusted him. And so he trusted that his father had that relationship with the with Elohim, the source, that he could trust him. And so even as I, because I think about that quite a bit, you know, how am I as a parent showing her that I'm being in a prison? You know, like she's still human. She still has her strong, she still has a will. But, you know, I still, even though being her parent, I still want her to trust me. Because how you were just mentioning, Crystal, just how that upbringing affected you growing up and just how me, I didn't trust women because of what I saw. And, and I don't know if I've ever told you this, Alicia, but I didn't realize how much of the influence or impact that a parent has on a child till I met you and your mom. Because just how much you're not, and I'm not, just how much y'all are like, or like sometimes I tell DJ all the time, I was like, man, sometimes it's like you're talking to the same person because they're so much alike. And I was just like, wow, like you really can ha have a big impact on your parent, on your child. Because a lot of times the world will teach us that Kids are just going to throw, throw everything away that they learn from you. Kids are going to let college teach them. Like, you, yeah. what's the saying? Um, if you if you don't raise them, they can go wild. Stuff like that. And when I met you and your mom, I was like, oh, that's not true. So, yeah. You know, I just Corey, it's so funny that you bring that up because I was just thinking, you know, in preparation for just thinking about this topic, I was like, you know what? I really... I I didn't I didn't look at my parents in the right lens a lot of times. Like I was really rebellious a lot of times um 
before I knew. And now that I'm a parent, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry. This is hard. Like, oh my gosh, y'all were doing it way better than I can do it. So, you know, anyway, so um, it just reminded me of a time in which, you know, foolishness abounds in the heart of a child. So it, it, again, it's nothing like unusual, but I just remember feeling like, oh, my parents are the worst parents in the world. They're so strict. They don't let me do anything. I can't go anywhere. I can't, you know, do this. I can't do that. And, you know, I would always compare, compare, compare. And, you know, I even remember my friends. They'd be like, you know, what? You can't even do this. And, you know, it was always like, I felt like I was in a bird cage. Like, I don't know. I just felt like I was missing out on so many things. And now that I'm older, I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. Love Thank you, Yahaba, for shielding me because I didn't even know. And then now, even those same people, you know, a lot of them, I look at their lives and that's not even to, you know, as they say, throw shade, but I look at their lives and I'm like, wow, because my parents um, believed in the word, they may not have applied it right every single time, but the intention was there and they, that connection with Elohim's uh, principles was there. And because of that, my life is blessed. And because I didn't disconnect, even though I definitely complained, you know, but I will say like one of the things, definitely my, me um, knowing the father at an early age, like even though I would complain sometimes, but in my heart, like I knew I wanted to honor them and that I wanted to make them proud. And, um, you know, even when it was difficult, I did not break fellowship with my parents. And I can really say, I'm just so like, of all things I did right, <laughs> that's one of them, you know, that um, has really helped me. And then now in this season where I'm, you know, raising my own kids, I'm just like, man, like, you know, because one of the questions we were talking about is like, what are some of the things you would keep and what are some things you would change? And I remember as a kid, I would think like, I'm not going to raise my kids like that. You know, I'm not doing that, you know, and I find myself kind of like you're saying, Tori, like, I am my mother's child. <laughs> I definitely am my mother's child. And I'm also thankful because my parent, you know, I want to even exceed and expound upon what they instilled into me. So it's not that I'm changing it up. It's just that I want to continue to grow and to learn. And I'm thankful for the foundation that they have given me. And I'm also thankful for the Holy Spirit as he leads me through that and to know how to apply um, those principles and with my individual and unique children. So, yeah, that's um, interesting you say that. I want to say something. takes place because I was one of those friends that was like, you can't do nothing. So it's just funny to see how things come full circle. Yeah, go ahead, Crystal. I wanted to say something to what um, you just explained. You like what came to me when you were talking is that um, a Bible verse um, in Mishli, which is Proverbs 22 and 6, where it says, Train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they get old, they will never turn from it. Um, I remember Pastor like breaking down that scripture because when I was younger, um, I would hear that my mom, oh my gosh, my mom quoted scripture all the time. <laughs> and um, I remember her saying that, but when I grew up, I, I turned away from it. So um, you're like that perfect example 
of not, you know, I'm not saying you're perfect, but you're that example of what (laughs) what pastor was talking about, how we instill our, in our children, kingdom principles and teachings and laws and stuff. But um, when they get older, it's up to them to um, allow those things that we taught them to um, come into fruition in their lives. Like it's, it's their responsibility to take, you know, those principles, those laws and say, you know what, I was taught this, or, you know, my, my mom did say this. Um, so when you were talking, that scripture really came to mind and it really came to mind how a pastor was really trying to teach how that scripture is supposed to be really um, taken into heart. Like it's not, we are supposed to train up our child. And then if they go, if they go left, it's our responsibility to bring them back right. It's their responsibility. And once we have done what we have done, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to do what he has to do. And which, you know, you said you were rebellious, but in your heart of hearts, you knew, you know, the right thing to do, so. Mm -hmm. And I'm still, you know, in that place of, like you said, that teaching is there. And whether we accept it or reject it, it's on us. And we're the ones who, you know, have the consequences of that. Um, It reminds me, I was thinking about someone that I know, and they were just sharing about their teenager and how, you know, they were like, y'all think toddlerhood is something. Just wait until you get, you know, these teenagers. And I'm thinking, ooh, (laughs) you know, my mom would always tell me like, just okay, keep on, Alicia. You're sowing seeds for, you know, your future children. I'm I'm wondering what that's going to look like. But anyway, so she was just saying how like her teenager is definitely in a place where um, she is just probably in that rebellious stage, but, you know, also just trying to figure things out. And um, it made me think about, you know, our heavenly father and how, you know, kind of like you were saying, like the opportunity to learn is there. The principles are there. They don't change. You know, and those who want to understand, he'll freely give you that understanding. But at the end of the day, it's up to you as to whether or not you're going to apply it. And when you disobey, there are consequences for that. And so I try to think about that even as, you know, even with Judah, even with Aniah, which Aniah ain't mean nothing much she can do right now. But <laughs> so, um, you know, even with Judah, like, I'm really just thanking the father in advance, like, I'm, I'm trusting you, I'm laying this foundation, you know, and ultimately, I want to lead him so that he can make those choices and have that intrinsic motivation versus just externally, oh, he know I'm going to whoop him, so he's going to do it. Like, I really want him to want to do right for himself and want that, you know, want to apply those principles for himself, because to me, that's success. But I can't force it. Just like you were saying, like, ultimately he's going to have to make those decisions. And it's only my job to lay that foundation and whether he receives it or rejects it, that's on him. So it's kind of hard to think about sometimes because of course you want your children to make, you know, all the right decisions and to be, you know, great kingdom ambassadors and, you know, continue um, to lay that foundation. Um, but that's where we just have to trust the father and allow, you know, allow that to, to work out on its own. So, yeah. Well, guys, we are, <laughs> time is escaping us. This is so good, though. We may have to do a part two on this parenting stuff. Um, so let's see. Why don't we move into, and we kind of already touched on a little bit, 
but discipline. So I feel like a lot of people, you know, that discipline word, um, it gets a bad rap. So what principles um, do you apply when disciplining your children and are spankings wrong? I would say for me, um, I believe spanking with me having twins and that are both the same age, they're going through the same uh, things at the same time. <laughs> and you realize with, with them, um, Joel has his own personality. Makaya has her own personality. So I have to, and continually to learn how my discipline lines up with their personality. Like not every child has the personality where you have to spank them. Sometimes you just talk to them and they, they obey. Um, Joel is kind of right there right now. And with twins, I don't know if it's a twin thing or if it's individual kids, but they switch. <laughs> uh, sometimes he's, you know, he's the type where, you know, hey, uh, well, in the past, it's been, he was the one who was more so, um, you had to kind of, you know, give him a little tap tap <laughs> and he'll listen. Uh, and then like, or sometimes now it's like, once you say something, he'll listen. Um, and Makai is a little bit different. So um, it's really just learning the personality of your child. And for me also, I don't know about for you ladies, but for me, it's also listening to the Holy Spirit because he knows our children. He was the one that formed them. He knows, you know, what it takes to parent them. Um, one of the things, this might be a little bit off topic, but it, it'll flow back in. Um, one of the things that um, I, was, I was speaking to someone a couple of weeks ago who has a special needs child. And I was telling her that, it's just something that just came to me that I feel like Elohim gives people with special needs children, which my brother is special needs as well, but um, a little extra discernment. And I feel like also as mothers, we have the discernment of the father in order to raise our children. We just have to be in tune to, with that discernment, in tune with that spirit. Um, and I feel like, you know, as this, this particular parent, she, her daughter basically had a um, diagnosis that was very rare and she had a prognosis, which um, basically the doctor said that she would not live past the age of seven. And um, she, she was having seizures. I'm gonna try to be as short as I can, but she was having a lot of seizures um, due to her illness. Um, and she was in the ICU and they were just like, she's not going to make it. You know, we're just, they had the crash cart there, you know, and basically what the crash cart is for anybody who doesn't know is that thing with the paddles with the clear. So they had that there right in front of mom, which I thought was kind of a little insensitive because it's like, that's the last thing you want to see when somebody's telling your child is about to go. It's like, I'm just, we're just preparing for this, this um, event to take place. So, which it needed to be there as a nurse, it needed to be there, but it didn't need to be where mom needed to see it. However, um, in that moment, um, she basically told them to stop everything, stop all the medications that was causing her to, that they felt would stop her seizures. She was like, just stop everything. And she took it upon herself to just be like, you know, everything that y'all are doing, just stop. And 
in medical technology, it was just like, if we do that, she's going to go. And, but mom was like, I'm just listening to the father. And long story short, this girl is 21 and still living. So for me, like that really spoke, that story really spoke to me how it really does take the Holy Spirit for us as mothers or parents, even even fathers, um, for parents, for us to really take care of our kids in the way that we need to and the way that he really wants us to. And it goes back to us being the kingdom citizens that reflect the father. Like, I just, I think about, I wasn't there when that happened, but I think about how did that impact all those medical people around? Like, that they were just ready. You had the paddles ready and nothing happened. You know, all of that like was a reflection of the father. And she did that just out of her intuition and just being in tune with the Holy Spirit. And so not only did that affect her daughter, it affect everybody that was there. And so they had, they had no explanation. Like, how can they explain that? Other than the fact that, oh, okay, it was a miracle. Well, who performs miracles? You know? So um, I don't want to go off on a tangent on that, but so I just feel like when disciplining our kids as moms, because we're moms, but um, like I said, I'm not negating fathers, but um, it really does take us listening to the Holy Spirit and being in tune and getting quiet. Um, one thing that, um, one thing that I also realized is that like when people say, hey, enjoy, like how you said, Alicia, enjoy this, enjoy this time. It's like, we really do need to enjoy this time. Really just take, you know, take a step back and really enjoy the two-year-olds, you know, because we get an opportunity to influence them at two. You know, yeah. we're not going to be able to influence them at two when they're three or when they're four or when they're five, you know. Um, so it's just really important. And um, so, yeah, I don't, I'll stop there. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you sharing that story. And I, I definitely hear that takeaway of, you know, the Holy Spirit. That is, you know, he is our helper. And I love what you said. Like, he knows our kids better than we know our kids. So, you know, we should be leaning on him. And even as it relates to discipline. Um, and I think, you know, for me, um, that has been, it has been so challenging. And honestly, it has revealed more about myself, you know, trying to parent Judah and discipline him and like, just figure this thing out. And I find myself like, father, help me. Like, that's what I find myself saying all the time. Like just trying to listen because I don't want to miss it. And I know I can become frustrated at times and I don't want to act out of that. You know, we were just talking about reacting versus responding. And so one of the things that I've learned um, with Judah, and, you know, as I said at the beginning, you know, we also have a three-month-old. And I noticed, like, very recently, his behavior has changed. And, um, and you know, he's just, he was acting out more and just, you know, he's also, like I said, in that developmental stage of two. But, you know, I just kept thinking about, I'm like, no, this isn't Judah. Like, I know, I know my son and I know that something else is going on here. And, you know, out of just meditating and just listening, I realized, like, it was me. I was the problem. And it wasn't, like, even intentional, but I was just spending so much time with Anaya. 
And Judah wasn't getting, you know, he wasn't getting as much time with me and he needed that. And so, uh, cause I, oh gosh, I don't, I don't remember what he was doing. I'm trying to start crying, but I don't remember what he was doing, but he was just cutting up and, um, you know, and I wanted to whoop him and the Holy Spirit was like, give him a hug. Like just love on him. And he immediately stopped, you know, he immediately got it together. Like he really just wanted my love that nerd, you know, Tori and, and Chrissy, I were kind of mentioning that, like, he really just needed me, you know, he needed my, my attention, my nourishing and that sort of thing. And so, you know, I think the biggest thing when it comes to discipline is to understand that the goal is to teach not to beat. <laughs> the goal is for them to learn. And, and that can happen in so many different ways. And so, and also just to be flexible um, and kind of, you guys have also mentioned some different ways like whispering versus yelling or, you know, just that love in the moment or redirection. You know, um, there are lots of different things that we can do versus just grabbing, uh, mom said stop. <laughs> so that's one of the things that I've learned um, about discipline. What about you, Tori? Y'all have said a lot, because um, I can relate to that, Alicia. Me and we went through that with Aurora. Like, I was like, this child is like going crazy. Like, what is going on? But I will say that me and DJ were both started to be intentional about just spending a long time with her. Like, and one thing, and just a tip that I found that really helped me out a lot is that instead of saying, Dorora, stop, don't do that to Gabriel, I started saying, okay, Gabriel, don't do that to your sister. Mm -hmm. Even though he can't, Gabriel doesn't understand that, but Dorora hears that I'm, I'm playing, I'm leveling it out. And I noticed that when I, and that was Holy Spirit. Um, and I noticed when I started doing that, Dorora calmed down. Like she wasn't, cause she was really being mean to Gabriel for a while. And I was like, I can't, like, you cannot do this to him. Like, but I was like, I can't keep beating her for being mean to him. Like, something's going on. And just like you were saying, Krista, it goes back to knowing your child or the Holy Spirit knowing your child. Because it was like, it was certain things that she would do. And my nature is to whoop them. And even my dad would see, still, like, grandparents, grandparents know everything, y'all. <laughs> but, <laughs> but even my dad would just be like, oh, you need to whoop her for that. And, and I would hear, no, don't whoop her. And I'm like, okay, like I'm really having to go against what's so natural to me. That goes back to making an exchange and a precept that your belief system can be more powerful than the Holy Spirit. And so I really had to just change on some things. And, and I will say this, I noticed that when I started listening more to the Holy Spirit on how to discipline her, Dorora is calmer now. Like she's that sweet, little girl that she was when she was first born like she she's more loving like she's hugging us more like she comes up to I love you mommy I love you daddy like she's trying to love on Gabriel too but it just I really had to I guess uproot a lot of that upbringing but not throw away all of it because I know one thing you asked Alicia was something that we kept and one thing that my dad used to say to, all, say to us all the time, I'm not raising you for where you are now. I'm raising you for where you're going. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times when it comes to Dorora, if she's doing something, I'm like, okay, so what is this going to look like when you're five? Like with the whole sucking her thumb when she was seven, I was like, okay, what is this going to look like when she's three? Or she's 13 and I got to pay $5,000 for braces when we could have stopped it when she was younger. So I do, that's something that I kept, and I wrote down something else, um, 
Oh, and like you were saying, Crystal, just pay attention to that child. Um, because like with me and my sister, like growing up, my dad had to whoop my sister. Like if y'all know her, like she needed whooping. <laughs> but my dad and I would cry. So really just paying attention. Like you can't parent kids the same. Like I know we have young kids, but um those are something that I use and I also I do I do talk to my dad. I do talk to him about um that's something that I do use because he I still honoring my father um and taking heed to the advice. Um because I'm I'm still like I mentioned earlier, I'm still learning so much from him. And he says all the time, Oh, I figured out how to parent y'all when y'all grown. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay, so you want me finger enough, but yeah. So, so um, that's, that's good what you just said about how, you know, two things that suck out. One, you're still applying the principle of honoring your parent and you're doing that through being submissive and, and allowing that mentorship to still take place. And literally, I just went through that last week. Like, I remember uh, talking to my mom and I was like, what do you think about this? And she was like, I thought you would never ask. Like. <laughs> And I thought that was so funny because, you know, in her words, she was like, you know, I was trying not to be super over overbearing, you know, in that area. So I'm glad you asked me. And, you know, she just began to pour out wisdom. And I was like, hmm, why did I do that, you know, two months ago? Like, <laughs> and so, you know, again, just being pliable and, you know, not rejecting and being open for that, especially when we know, you know, first of all, they've been here longer than us. And then we have an extra layer of um, an extra layer because our parents are both born again. So, you know, that also makes a big difference. Krista, did you have anything to add to that? Well, yeah, well, y'all actually we're about out of time. So, I mean, I hate that. I feel like it was it was really good. Um, so let's see. I'm trying to see. Um, did you want to hit the hot topic before we um, get off? No, I guess we won't do the hot topic. Um, you know, I will say something about what both of you guys said. Um, and it's just reiterating something, if you don't mind me saying it, Alicia. Fine, go ahead. Um, Tori, when you said the um, Holy Spirit, you were about to whoop Dora, and the Holy Spirit um, just kind of stopped you and said, don't whoop her. And then, Alicia, when you said that... Um, you were about to whoop um, Judah and the Holy Spirit told you to hug him. Like both of those situations I've experienced and where um, I was about to whoop, it was Joel actually, I was about to whoop Joel and um, the Holy Spirit told me, no, like just hug him. And I hugged him and I just started crying because I was just so adamant that I needed to whoop him. Like I, he needs a whooping. And to realize that I needed to act in self-control, like that, that, that would, I, that's one of the things that I would say is one of the major things that I've learned being a mom is that there are so many strengths, strengths and weaknesses that I personally have um, when it comes to self-control. And it's like, it's totally a, a learning lesson on how to control yourself in, in raising your child or children, I should say. Um, so yeah, and then there was another experience I had where um, one of them did something um, because they, they're little partners in crime. So one of them did something and they feed off of the other. And I started to do something and 
I had never experienced this before. I immediately just, it was almost like the Holy Spirit just took over and I immediately just started speaking in my language of fire. And in that, I just calmed down and didn't do anything, you know, and it was just amazing because I was, and I was, after I started, after I stopped speaking in my language of fire, I was like, what just happened? Like, what was it that was there that needed to be removed? And so, um, anyway, um, so those things were one of the, well, those were a really big impact with me, you know, learning that, hey, you know, the Holy Spirit is really teaching us as women and as parents that we need to have self-control and learn how to love, reflect the Father to our children. So that, you know, nations come from us so that our children's children can know how to do that as well. Like um, Tori had said about you, Alicia, that you're a reflection, like you totally, you know, act and carry yourself like your mom. So our children are going to be the same with us. If we're reflecting the father to them, then they're going to reflect the father to their children. They're going to know how to do this stuff and their children and and those nations. I'm getting chills. <laughs> those nations. Oh will, you know, come after us, you know, when we're dead and gone, you know, the Fultons and the Hollenberger, Holl I'm sorry, Hollenbergers <laughs> and the Andersons, they, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to just totally butcher uh, your name, but they will all be kingdom citizens that know how to operate in this world without, um, being like without any kind of compromise, you know, without being tainted by the world, you know, and that's just amazing to me just thinking about that. So, yeah, I'll stop. And to piggyback off of you, Crystal, I actually had a situation one time where I was about to whoop the roar and I heard the Holy Spirit say, Let DJ do it. Mm -hmm. And I was, and that resonated with me. I was like, Oh, you had a position. Because, yes, there's nothing wrong with us disciplining our children, but just from what we've learned, him being the source, he can be way more effective than me. And, you know, what your mom says all the time, Alicia, you know, she's learned to just say, I'm going to tell your dad. And I'm like, I get that now. Because mm -hmm. I know one time Roy did something, I was like, okay, when well, I'm going to tell daddy. And she was like, don't tell daddy. And I'm like, this is all it takes. Like, this is easy. <laughs> this is easy. <laughs> right, right, right. No, that, so, yeah. that's good. So, yeah, the takeaway from that is that the Holy Spirit, he is our helper. And, you know, the more that we lean on him and, you know, walk in the spirit, then the better for us and for our children. And I really appreciate you ladies just being so open and sharing um, so candidly, you know, the things that you have learned, Crystal. I was holding back the tears now. And that end part, you were talking about the mandate because oh, yeah. that part, that's the goal. And yeah. sometimes I do think about that, like, man, this is about legacies. Back to what you said, Tori, like thinking down the road, it's not just about this moment. It's about years from now, when I'm dead and gone, what will my children look like? What will their children look like? And so on and so forth. Like this role is so important. Even in those small moments, you know, those moments are very important. And so I just want to end with that. Um, I pray that the listeners, that you guys were impacted by something that was said today. Um, we thank you so very much for tuning in. Um, please share this with someone. You know, I know that um, we're all kind of in that early mommy stage and maybe you're in that stage too or know someone who is. So please share that. 
Um, and we are excited to talk to you on the next time. So with that, we say shalom. Shalom. <laughs>